It is Tuesday here on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. You know, we, we occasionally do uh, something that we like to call Kicker Friday, and you know, this might actually be the first time that we ever do a tight end Tuesday. I'm going to have to check uh, to see if we are officially allowed to call it that, but for all intents and purposes, that's the name that we're going to go by for today at least, uh, just because we are going to be talking tight ends. Chuck's out of here. No Mark Schofield, actually. Mark is unfortunately, uh, or rather, I guess fortunately, uh, taking care of some business uh, as far as scouting some quarterbacks, so you're stuck with just me for the day. But in order to give you a little bit of information on these tight ends, who better than John Ledyard, who just put together his 2017 NFL Draft tight end watch list, 30 of the top tight ends that he is watching for the following season. John, appreciate you joining me. Hey, Chuck. Thanks for having me. And tight end Tuesday has a really nice ring to it. I think we should make that a permanent part of the show i'm i'm right with you so if you want to do that rebranding we are i'm giving you the go ahead we're pretty much all set there and i'm curious how'd you uh how'd you decide that this was what you wanted to focus on first as you were starting uh you know to dig through the uh the draft for next year i think it's an exciting group and we just haven't had that at tight end in a couple years so i think people are kind of anxious to see these guys all their names down on a piece of paper flushed out a little bit with some analysis surrounding them and I'm just excited about the tight end group because we haven't had I mean we've had a couple guys but we've had no one really of, of particular note to scout that had really a first round chance I felt like the last couple uh, years or that should have been in the, involved in the first round anyway so it's been a, a kind of a dry spell there and at a position that I think the league really values and covets and could use really well if there were just better tight ends and there just aren't I mean you have guys like Jacob Tammy you know is one of their team's leading receivers and he's been in the league forever and isn't particularly noteworthy in any you know area of his game but he's just forced into that role because there's no other options across the league uh, you've got players like that all over the place uh, for teams so I think it even leads to players that you know maybe are are declining still valuable but guys like Heath Miller before he retired last year and Jason Witten many would still you know group those guys within the elite tight ends in the NFL and maybe they were but just kind of compared to a lot of the other players at their position certainly still valuable but not necessarily special players anymore so we're looking for that Gronk we're looking for that next type of player and maybe this class doesn't have a Gronk per se but it is a really fun class with a lot of talented playmakers that I think can help teams in a lot of ways at the next level. So I'm curious, before we dig into some of these names here, I'm curious if you have any thoughts as to why we haven't maybe seen some of those great tight end prospects the last several years. Is it simply because there isn't necessarily a place for them in the college game and a lot of those guys with those athletic skills are ending up at other positions or are we simply just seeing... You know, one of those cycles where you don't have the, the elite tight ends that you would expect, uh, given the premium, as you mentioned, that we have in the NFL on the position. Yeah, I think it's a combination of college teams not using them heavily. A lot of a lot of college teams, anyway, not heavily utilizing the tight end uh, position, especially in terms of um, their receiving abilities. I think a lot of these guys are asked to block, which is funny in a way because we'll get to that in a minute, but most of them aren't very good blockers. But I think that's part of it uh, is that they don't come in very polished, a lot of these guys. Um, I think every year it seems like we have four or five guys who are like really intriguing athletically, but they're not prototypically sized or it's prototypical in their weight um, or in their usage in college. So 
teams kind of don't know what to do with them, and they float around the league. Ladarius Green's a great example. He's been injured too, but he's kind of never had a role. And some people say it's because he's been behind Antonio Gates, but really he's the kind of guy you can flex out, and San Diego hasn't had a ton of great receivers, and they could have used him in that role, and they just never really had a great plan for how to use him. And you've seen other teams like Kansas City knows how to use their tight ends. New England has known how to use multiple tight ends and get them to be productive. Um, So it, it really depends on the team, but I think the NFL as a whole, there's a lot of teams out there that don't necessarily use the tight end position well, especially the new brand of tight end, which we'll probably talk a little bit about tonight too. Um, but a lot of these guys who are more athletic and should be flexed out and can be isolated um, and, and things of that nature and, and provide their offense with a mismatch potential. But a lot of the teams don't know how to utilize uh, that in their offense or aren't very particularly keen on utilizing another offense, one or the other. Um, so I think that it's kind of a, a collection of those factors that have that have led to the tight end position kind of just not being as special as it could be in the nfl and they're really also there just isn't that much talent Uh, right now a lot of those guys go and they play receiver i think and that um they start doing that at the college level if they have that type of athleticism and then they kind of just get that big receiver mold and they play in the nfl that way devin funchess is an example of that too which is fine it's just as long as it's just not necessarily under the name tight end so we don't think of them in that category because a lot of those guys are moving to play receiver. So it's kind of a collection of those factors, I think. When you're looking at this year's class, is it a class that is heavier in inline blocking types, that is heavier in those receiver types that you mentioned? Or do you see more of the H-backs, the slightly smaller guys that might have a little bit more flexibility but aren't your classic big six six guy that we see at tight end or that teams like to see at tight end these days? Yeah, there's a pretty good mix in this year's class. Uh, you do have some prototypical big guys, a lot of guys with inline responsibilities, but aren't necessarily going to thrive there in the NFL. Uh, they'll have a role there. Um, but I look at a guy like Evan Ingram from Mississippi. He's one of my favorite players in this class across the board at any position. Um, just really great mismatch potential. He's about 6'3". I think he's going to be close to 230, 235 uh, when it gets around to, to the combine and things of that nature. So I think he'll weigh in okay, but not certainly not your typical size for a tight end. He's a little bit smaller. Um, but he's a guy who's going to get a lot of comparisons. Darren Hernandez probably he's purely on the field, of course. Um, but he's got a lot of that athleticism that can create mismatches all over the field. And he does that in Mississippi. I mean, they'll isolate him. They'll flex him out wide. Um, they'll get him in one-on-one matchups with corners, guys who you would think would be more athletic than him, but Engram is just uh, really savvy at uh, with his routes and uh, knowing how to use his footwork and uh, his technique to gain separation and make plays after the fact. So I think that guys like him kind of abound in this draft. There's a couple guys, Evan Ingram's one. Bucky Hodges plays similar to Evan Ingram, um, but for, for Bucky Hodges, the difference is that he's about 6'7", uh, 245, so he's pretty slight given how, given how tall he is, but he doesn't have the prototypical usage at all. I mean, not much inline work, um, and when he does, he really doesn't know what he's doing uh, there. So maybe he's not going to come in and, and block right away, and these guys will probably, a lot of them will get knocked for that. But if you look at the class as a whole, there just aren't that many good inline blockers. Um, even guys like Jake Butt, who play a heavy inline role in a traditional type of offense, a pro-style offense, uh, even guys like that aren't necessarily very good at it. So lots of experience for many of these guys, but not a lot of refinement still. Um, don't really know why that is. It's something I really want to look into more. But a lot of these guys, I mean, 
Alabama runs a ton of zone, runs a ton of uh, split zone even, uh, which calls for O.J. Howard to be a pretty key blocker in their system. And on tape, you'll see him hit a couple and you'll see him miss probably twice as many, uh, just whiffing completely on blocks and, you know, going head first and kind of lunging out at guys. And so you see some technique issues. And so, like I said, lots of uh, responsibilities that they'll be asked to do in the program. So it's good that they have that experience, but not necessarily a lot of refinement as blockers across the board really have not been overly impressed with many of these guys as blockers. And, you know, even as I look over the list now, I wouldn't say anyone that's uh, considered to be a top-tier guy particularly stands out as a blocker to me. Let's look at the uh, the passing game then. When we look at how tight ends tend to be deployed in the modern NFL, a couple different types of routes that you can see guys running. One very popular one is that seam route. Uh, you know, whether you're trying to, uh, you know, make deep safeties, kind of make a read and figure out uh, what to do by running that alongside a corner route and a cover two or something like that. That's one way you can go about it. Or, you know, look into that underneath route. Come, you know, find, you know, a spot, sit in a zone. You know, wh- who's best at both of those types uh, of scenarios? Who- who's kind of your best downfield guy and who's your best at finding that soft spot in the zone underneath? I think O.J. Howard proved in the national championship game that he can be a really good downfield threat. Now, Clemson blew some coverages pretty good. He gets a lot of publicity for that game, understandably so, 200-yard performance and obviously a huge stage. But I do think that he still has that ability to get downfield and stretch the field. I mean, he's a guy who's he's going to run fast. I mean, he might run a 4-5, 4-4 range. Um, for how big he is, and he's about six five, and and cut guy. So he he doesn't have a lot of refinement right now to his routes. He was barely targeted at all. So Alabama's got a I, and Nick Saban's kind of hinted at this that he knows they need to use him more uh, in their offense this year. Now that might have been lip service to get OJ Howard to return to school, and it worked. If so, so we'll see if he gets the ball more this year. But he has the skill set to be a playmaker. Um, that can really stretch the field and be a huge mismatch guy uh, on vertical routes. But will he be used that way consistently? That's what's what's a little bit uh, uncertain with him. Evan Ingram doesn't have the size that O.J. Howard has, but he has a lot of the athletic abilities and what much more refinement to his game as a route runner um, that it will allow him to stretch the field as well too. So, But will teams be scared off by the fact that he's like 6'3", 227 right now? Um, and that's what he's listed at. So We'll have to see that with him. He may get that big wide receiver label, and Bucky Hodges may get that as well, the the Virginia Tech tight end. So that's something to consider there. And when you talk about guys who can find a soft spot in the zone, um, Jake Butt certainly has that ability, uh, the Michigan tight end, uh, who a lot of people think will be the top tight end drafted this year. And he kind of has the ability to stretch the field. He's a really good route runner. Uh, he really is savvy working against the zone. He knows where to find the soft spots. Uh, shows his numbers quickly. And you can just tell he's played the position well and thought through a lot of the details and the nuances uh, of what he needs to do um, at the position. Uh, and he can do it at a high level, and he does it pretty consistently. So in terms of being a pass catcher, I think he maybe isn't quite as explosive an athlete as Engram or O.J. Howard, but he's still a very good athlete, and he still offers that ability to just be a receiver who's going to be really reliable underneath. And I think he has a very high floor uh, as he looks to to start his career in the NFL after this college football season. I think that he'll be a guy that a lot of people consider to have a really high floor um, and will should pan out in the NFL uh, one way or another. Who are some guys from uh, non-major conferences that uh, you'd like to have people paying a little bit closer attention to as you head into the season? 
John U. Smith's a guy. He's from Florida International who's really interesting. Um, he, two years ago, he, he was really turning some heads with a 61 catch, 710-yard, eight-touchdown season. So he, he really lit up the stat sheet in that regard. But then this past year, his production drip, dipped a little bit. Um, he's a guy that's a little bit similar to Charles Clay, uh, the Bills tight end, 6'3", 230. So undersized, again, probably won't be a key blocker, um, but a guy who can be a move tight end, create matchup issues, really good athlete at the position, not going to fit a traditional mold at all. So you'll have some teams that only like to use their tight ends like that um, and that uh, will probably pass him by because of that and not be as interested. Um, but he's a guy that I like and I think is will be worth watching this year. Another one that really nobody is talking about is Wyatt Houston from Utah State. He's really intriguing to me. Um, he's the first athlete in his high school's history to accept a D1 scholarship in any sport. Uh, 6'5", 255, so he has that size. Um, he's played at Utah State, so he's lots of experience. He's played since he was young there. Um, really good route runner, I thought. Uh, pretty good catch radius. More athletic than you think and obviously has that size. And so I'll be curious. Sometimes it's harder to tell with those guys from, from the smaller schools how athletic are they. Are they just more athletic than everyone they're playing against? So he's a guy I'll really be excited to see how he tests. Um, he might not be in the elite category for an athlete, but for a, for a guy who might be a mid-round pick, um, I think that he could he could somehow work his way into that draft's third day. That would be great for him. So he's going to have an opportunity to have a big year this season, uh, I think. But uh, I, I like him overall, and he's a guy that's not getting really any attention right now. Um, there's a couple other ones, but those two really stand out to me. Um, and I, it sh- I should mention that Idaho, which has not had a player drafted since 2012 and is only ever had a handful drafted in the last 20, 30 years or so, uh, they have two tight ends. They could potentially push to get drafted uh, late this season, uh, depending on how, how they do. Very different guys. Buck Cowan is kind of an H-back type, and Deion Watson's kind of like a long, rangy, almost a wide receiver type. A uh, good athlete, uh, but not a lot of refinement to his game and almost no inline blocking ability at all right now. So very different guys. They could find, kind of sneak their way. They've both been productive. They could sneak their way in, late into the draft's third day. Uh, in 2017 they're both going to be seniors so it'll be fun to see if Idaho can get somebody drafted this year turning back to the uh the top prospects that we have in this year's class we already talked about OJ Howard from Alabama I want to look at his counterpart from that national championship game Jordan Leggett from Clemson and get your thoughts on him and where he fits in this year's class He's going to have an opportunity to have a big year, I think. Um, so that that first and foremost will get a lot of attention on him. He's big. He's built really well. Um, he has probably some of the best hands in college football uh, of any receiver or tight end, I think. I, I think he only had two drops last year, 40 catches for 525 yards and eight touchdowns. Um, so he's a guy, and we saw it in the National Championship game, he made a ton of great catches. It, w- it was weird because in a way, O.J. Howard had the game that, that stole all the attention, and, and, and as well he should have, but a lot of his production came on wide open catches, blown coverages that were schemed really well, or the Clemson just blew it. On. And Jordan Leggett was out there making tons of contested catches, even the touchdown they scored late, getting popped at the goal line but hanging on to the ball, making catches in traffic. So I actually thought degree of difficulty-wise, I think I tweeted this out during the game, Jordan Leggett probably had the superior performance, but Jordan or O.J. Howard was just so wide open all the time. that, And obviously with his team winning and him being a huge part of that, got a lot of attention for that. But Leggett, the biggest question for me is going to be, 
can he separate at the NFL level? Uh, it's not as big a deal for a tight end uh, if you can win in the air and win contested catches consistently, and I think he does that a lot. Um, he's got, like I said, he's got great hands um, and really has a knack for finishing tough catches in traffic. So he's probably one of the more intriguing guys to me in terms of wanting to watch him this year. Also, blocking will be a big question mark. Obviously not coming from your, your typical pro-style offense. That's okay. Uh, but he doesn't get used as, as much as a blocker. And because Clemson likes to rotate all their skill players a ton, he doesn't see the field as consistently as some of the other guys. So maybe this year with some of those guys gone, uh, Sharon Peak and other guys of that nature, maybe he'll see a little bit more time. But you've still got a lot of guys that are going to look for the ball in that offense. So with Deshaun Watson there, I think he has a chance to have a really strong season. Um, but yeah, like I said, there's going to be a lot of guys looking for targets in that offense and he's got to establish himself as a guy who can get open and separate consistently, uh, if he wants to be considered with OJ Howard and Jake Butt and some of those other guys. We've got a, a couple minutes left here and we've gone through to this point, probably eight to 10 of the, uh, the prospects on your list before we wrap up any other ones that you want to make sure you highlight as names to watch heading into the fall. I think Josiah Price right now is getting a lot of attention, uh, the Michigan State tight end. Um, he's going to be a redshirt senior. Um, I think he's going to be 24 when he's drafted. So that is something to, to consider with him. Um, fairly consistent production, but he's 6'4", 260. He's probably, he's probably one of the better blockers, I'd say, in this group. Still not great, but definitely has a potential to become even better and really establish himself this year. Uh, Pro-style offense, so we'll get attention for that. He's kind of like that big, white, tight end that comes out every year, um, and people are like, oh, get excited, and then he's not really going to run that well. And he has probably a decently high floor, but to me, he'll never really be a, a very a, a great player. He doesn't have that type of athletic ability um, or that type of juice down the field um, to be anything more than kind of an underneath guy who's going to struggle to separate at all levels, I think. So he's a guy that I would be a little bit wor- worried of. I think that he has some of the intriguing – uh, factors that people like to look for uh, for tight ends. Um, but I bet he doesn't produce that much this year uh, without Connor Cook there. Um, and I bet that um, when it comes time for testing and the combine pro day and everything, I think that he's going to be one that leaves a little bit uh, to be desired in that department. Another guy that I'll mention real quickly is Mark Andrews from Oklahoma, just a redshirt sophomore, but he's kind of on the other side of the coin for me as opposed to why Josiah Price might be a little bit overrated right now. Mark Andrews, he might not come out this year because it's a really strong class, but he's going to be fun to watch this year in Oklahoma's offense. Athletic guy, 6'5", 245. Um, He can really challenge defenses all over the field, which is nice. Baker Mayfield really liked him in the red zone, seven touchdowns this year. So I think he's a guy that has a chance to build. He only had 19 catches last year, but he made him count, obviously, with those seven scores. So I think he's a guy they like to flex out their guys and get in that spread, obviously, and I think he's a guy – that could produce a lot and be tempted to come out even even into a strong class as a redshirt sophomore because he's got a lot of the traits that NFL teams will be looking for. Outstanding. Well, John, I think we pretty much just covered about uh, pretty close to 15 tight ends in about 20 <laughs> minutes. That's a good pace right there, my man. Yeah, that, that's, there's a couple other guys even too, but this, this, this class is fun. It's a good class. It's going to be fun to talk about and really fun to watch these guys and see what they produce. We haven't really watched a tight end class 
consistently, I feel like, as a whole with kind of bated breath for a long time. So I think this is going to be a fun year to talk tight ends and to evaluate how do these guys fit, where do they work, and what are their best at and how they translate to the NFL. Well, I'll tell you what, you got me excited to watch them already, so I'm pretty fired up and uh, just about ready to go at this point. But we are out of time, so tell you what, we will uh, we'll check in with you on this in a couple months, but we'll definitely have you back before then to chat on some other topics, all right? Sounds great. Thanks, Chuck. Appreciate it. John Ledyard from Inside the Pylon. We are done for the day. Tomorrow, Mark Schofield's on his own then. I'm out scouting kickers. He's going to be joined by Sal Conti talking about a couple different topics from NFL offenses. That is coming up tomorrow on the Inside the Pylon Quick Kicks podcast. Until then, we are out.